1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your candidate and career search brought to you by VIP. I'm Casey Haston, your host. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. And it's my goal to bring you great thought leaders and tips and tricks to help you whether you're hiring or whether you're looking for a job. And so along those lines, I have brought to you yet another fabulous guest today, Chris Salem. Um, And I'm just gonna read his intro because he has done so much. Um, Today on the show, I'd like to welcome business and emotional intelligence strategist, Chris Salem. Chris is a master executive coach and an author of Master Your Inner Critic, Resolve the Root Cause, a book that empowers positive change by encouraging leaders to eradicate the root cause of their problems to create sustainable success. He is also the host of the show, Sustainable Success, and we're probably going to talk about that a little bit later, a weekly radio show that covers a broad range of wellness and business topics, including authentic leadership, mindset barriers, and more. I'm sure you can see why I had to read the intro. He's done so much. Chris, welcome to the show.
0: Casey, it's a pleasure to be here.
1: I'm so excited to get to see you kind of face-to-face again. In, it's been a long kind of time. I am dark here, I'm, in, in, I'm getting ready to go into a speaking uh,
0: engagement here, so I'm in my car, so, uh, but we'll, we're, we're going to deliver value today here. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, and it's more about what you have to say, not how you look, right? And I just, you know, and I really appreciate, it. I know you are so busy and you're so sought after as a speaker. I totally appreciate you taking the time, even if it's from your car, to talk to us today, so thank you for that.
0: Absolutely.
1: So, I want to just kind of tell our audience how we met because I think that's important too, right?
0: Absolutely. Well, I you know I met you f- you know for the first time at the Smart Fem Summit in Scottsdale, Arizona uh, this past April. Yeah. And uh, what a wonderful event it was, and we just really hit it off in terms of conversation and sharing very you know common values and principles when it when it came to business as well as how we we live our lives.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And before we start digging into the topic that I have today, I just want to tell you that I listened to the podcast that you were on, Human 2.0, which, if I remember correctly, is a top 100 podcast, correct?
0: Correct. Mark Metry's Humans 2.0 is one of the top podcasts in the world right now. I mean, he, it's, it's amazing what that what he's done in the last couple of years with that podcast.
1: And I want to be clear. This isn't top business podcast or top fashion podcast. This is top podcast, period.
0: The so. one of the top. Yeah, he, he's got millions of listeners.
1: So I would highly, highly encourage you. If you have not explored this podcast, go explore it and start with the episode with Chris because I'm telling you, this could change your life. You really need to hear what he has to say on this podcast, so... So I'll quit promoting other people's podcasts for a minute. and Let's talk about you and what you do. Um, so I have some questions for you that we've come up with. Um, the first one is you are an expert advisor to business leaders across the country and have given me advice that has helped me and my team as well. You know, I, I took away so much from that SmartFilm conference and went back and immediately implemented that with my team at VIP. Um one topic that you are definitely seen as a thought leader about is multi-generational workplace communications. Um, something, I, I'm not gonna lie, I struggle with it too. You know, I, and I'll tell you where I struggle. I realized the other day that I recently hired someone that is younger than my son. And I was like, wow, I've got <laughs> to learn how to communicate. So why do you think so many business leaders struggle to establish that good communication and teamwork between generations?
0: Well, you know, the thing is, it's all conditioned thinking, you know, from a fixed Mm -hmm. mindset goes way back to childhood. We don't even realize what we do. But, you know, it's it's we we, as people, we tend to communicate by assuming and speculating or stereotyping uh, people or judging people. We don't do it on purpose, but it's just something that we've been conditioned to do. And why and, and why communications are not very clear or break down is because we often are speculating in assuming things we're not asking the right questions or paraphrasing to specifically relate and listen and understand the other person and to be clear what's important to them and vice versa
1: gotcha gotcha okay so what advice would you give to current business leaders to enable them to improve their communications me especially between you know the generations and create that healthy culture within a company
0: well, I would say first is that you know you, you you have control over what you can do. You can never control what somebody else is going to do. So, the best thing that you can do for other people to to cause that shift in terms of turning things from a let's say a codependent to an interdependent work environment, when we look at multi generational workplaces, is to be the example. To be the example of someone that is coming from empathy and kindness rather than pleasing and enabling and learning how to truly relate and listen to understand others, not listening to respond.
1: Okay, okay. And and that's a topic that's been coming up quite a bit and I'm not, with my sales team, I have a fairly new sales team right now, um, or a couple of them are. And I think something I'm having to learn is the different communication styles and having to speak to them on their level. And I will tell you, at first, it was very frustrating for me because I was like, it was a very different communication style. And once I realized what was going on and adjusted how I responded, the relationship deepened almost immediately. So totally get that. Um, You recently published a post on LinkedIn about the growth mindset, exactly what you're talking about, exactly what you talked about in the podcast earlier that we mentioned. And this is the understanding that abilities and intelligence can be developed. How important do you think the mindset is during the hiring process? And I went two parts to this. If you're the hiring manager or if you're the candidate.
0: Well, I would say for, uh, you know, for the hiring manager is that when you shift to a growth mindset, you recognize that, you know, everything that you're doing is an ongoing learning experience. But if we can learn to shift into a growth mindset, we know that we have the ability to look beyond just the intellectual intelligence. Let's say that could be the credentials or accomplishments that somebody sees on somebody's resume or certain skills that are projected on a uh, on a resume. We begin to really relate and listen to understand that person to determine are those people's values or that person's values and principles to the best of your knowledge in alignment, not only with you, but more importantly, in this case, for the company, you know, for the organization. Is there an alignment? Because what's going to happen in the long run is if there is an alignment in some way with somebody's values and principles and the certain strengths that they have that can be brought into this uh, this job, they're more likely, that's going to be, they're more likely going to be in that particular role for a longer period of time than say, just looking at somebody based upon their credentials and what's on their resume in itself. That I, You, know, you got to look, you got to go beyond the intellectual intelligence itself.
1: I could not agree more. One of the things that I've started doing as I'm hiring for my team is a culture lunch. Prior to hiring, and the reason I do that is because I, I actually have and we'll talk about this some more tomorrow. I'm a big fan of multiple touches prior to extending an offer, and I, I think it goes right back to what you're saying. I need to know if these people are in alignment with us, but I also know people show up different on different days sometimes, and so I want to see you three to five times, spaced apart before I make a decision about yep. whether or not. And I'll tell you, I really made one mistake, and that that really. And you said in your response on LinkedIn today, trust the process, right? And when I saw that, I was like, oh, going back to my process of hiring, I need to trust the process because I skipped the culture lunch with a hire, and it was probably one of the worst hires I've made to date. It lasted, well, she made it the first day and into the morning of the second. That's how bad. (laughs) So, yeah. So I think it's so important that you do make sure that you're aligning for culture. Um, yeah, And
0: it's the same thing with the person on the other end, uh, Casey. If somebody's interviewing for a job, you know, you're not you're not you're looking at this job as some place that is not only going to be a means to an end. That's not really the that should be the focus. It's something that that you want to be able to thrive in. You know, and if you if you're con, if your values and principles are in contrast to that organization or certain people, then it's a losing battle. It's not going to work. And these are the things that if people, you know, from a growth mindset, they understand that when they're clear, when they're in the present moment can be clear, they can be more decisive to what would work best for them rather than not and take action.
1: So can we talk just a second? I love what you just said there about being present in the moment. And you talked about that quite a bit on your other podcast interview about the past. um, How did you say influence in the future and you're not present where you need to be. Can you kind well, of talk yeah, about that? Well, yeah. I
0: mean, a, a, fixed, a fixed mindset is one where you operate in the past, and the future, simultaneously. Mm-hmm. You, it, you're operating from a place of fear from the past that gets projected into the present moment and then into the future. It creates a level of anxiety on some level. That's why people worry and then why they often procrastinate or don't follow through or take action.
1: Oh, that's so good. So good. Um, in your post, you mentioned that organizations that have a growth mindset foundation encourage ongoing learning, risk-taking, and making mistakes to learn and grow. I love to say, fill forward. Um, I love this quote. It uh, emphasizes the importance of taking risks and having the confidence in your team. What advice do you have to share with a company that may be hesitant to hire less experienced talent? And you kind of spoke to that, but let's go a little bit deeper.
0: I would say, again, it's not, I mean, everybody's going to have strengths and weaknesses,
1: It's the key to look
0: at the strengths. It doesn't necessarily mean that maybe they don't have the experience. Maybe they haven't accomplished certain things, but yet they have the skills and the strengths to do so. But what's even more important in this situation is their values and principles. If they are in alignment in a better way than not, where the organizations heading? If they are placed in certain situations where they can thrive, where they can enhance their strengths and offset their weaknesses with others that may be their strengths, they're going to be in better situations to perform and really benefit the company. So that's what's really important. That's why, you know, you look at, I love football. You look at the New England Patriots. I'm not a New England Patriots fan by any means, but I respect that team because they can, they win championships. They go to the postseason every year with average players. These are players that, for the most part, were not in the top, uh, you know, were not uh, high draft picks. They were sometimes uh, later uh, later round draft picks or undrafted free agents, but yet they were able to determine that those players' values and principles and their strengths could be aligned with the organization, with the team, and when put in certain situations, they could thrive. Of course, they have some superstars on the team, Tom Brady, but Tom Brady was a six-round draft pick, 199th pick in the two-day. He wasn't drafted on talent. He was drafted upon his values and principles, and look where he is today. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback, not on talent itself. But people would probably say I'm crazy and say he's the most talented quarterback there ever was. Yes, he is very talented, but when he was drafted, he was not drafted based upon talent. There were more talented quarterbacks than he was. It was his mindset that over the long term won those championships itself. So it's the habits and disciplines that Tom Brady had and the rest of that team has interdependently to win. It's the same thing in any work organization as well.
1: Well, and I think it's interesting that you said that because that he was, what, the 199th draft pick and that he wasn't drafted on He was the
0: 199th selection in the sixth round of of the 2000 NFL draft.
1: So what I think is interesting here, though, is that I believe that the culture gave him the tools he needed to go on to be super successful. Would you agree?
0: Absolutely. I mean, a lot of people, you know, again, you know, that are Tom Brady fans will sit there and say I'm full of it. But with that being said, if Tom Brady had been on another team, he may have not been the quarterback that he is today. Gotcha. Because he may have not been put into a culture that would have allowed him to thrive the way he did in the New England Patriots under that Bill Belichick who created a system. You could you could plug in a lot of players into that system, and they thrive because of the culture of that way that organization runs.
1: Interesting. You know, I hope one day somebody says that about VIP and the company culture that we have. We had a um, Halloween party the other day um, all day long, um, and that's just one of the things I love about VIP is the culture that they've created is one of – Yes, we're going to work hard, but we're going to play just as hard. And so I'll just tell you about one of the games because it was so funny. You'll probably, you can probably find some of these pictures out on our social media. Um, we had a donut-eating race, and we strung the donuts from the ceiling, and everybody had to put their hands behind their back and try to eat this donut. And, you know, when you try to go take a bite of a donut on a string, it starts to swing. I had icing all over my face, and it was so much fun. And no, I didn't win.
0: Wow. (laughs) Isn't
1: that fun? But we had so many people on our floor come by and go, what are y'all doing in there? Y'all are, y'all are having way too much fun. And we're like, yeah, we know you should work. We got to have
0: fun. I mean, there's got to be, you got to create an environment again, that, that allows people to, you know, grow, allows people to encourage them to learn from mistakes, to, you know, to be innovative and creative, to adapt to certain situations and again, you know, when you, you when you don't have an environment like that, people begin to become reserved and they begin to hold back. They don't take risks. And these are the things that obviously, you know, at, when working together in units or, you know, business units hold, hold businesses back.
1: Well, and I think that's one thing you just reminded me of is that we do create a culture that encourages us to take risks because, I mean, look at me, I'm hosting a podcast that VIP sponsors, and that's because they've encouraged me every step of the way to tell us what you want to do, pitch your ideas to us. Let's let's move forward, and so I think that's really awesome on their part.
0: Absolutely, that's, and, and, and you're absolutely doing that, Casey. You, you know that as a thought leader in the recruiting space, really, you know, making a difference, providing ideas that empower others in HR. Uh, in, around organizations around the country to draw their own conclusions what could be better, best or implemented in their organizations for the better.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm having a lot of fun doing it too. So <laughs> um, how can a company that, company that wants to invest in their employees and develop them go about doing so?
0: Well, I mean, if you want to really invest in employees, you want to put them not only just through training, but you want things that are going to create an experience that are going to allow them to apply this knowledge. Also, you want to put together performance uh, uh, recognition programs together. Again, you're not praising people to praise people. Mm -hmm. You're praising where where credit is due. So recognition is always important. So it's not just money that's going to sensitize people. It's going to be simple gestures, be, you know, showing how grateful you are for people when they step up to do certain things. Simple thank yous, good mornings, how are you doing today? When people feel acknowledged and they feel recognized for the efforts that they've done, for the most part, they're willing to go the extra mile. It's not always about money in itself. They want to feel like they've done something, that they've, they're included, they're, they're part of something that, that's big going on in the organization. And that there's not this separation between management and staff, that we're all together as one, regardless of title, you know, know, just being who we are, being our best, coming together interdependently to achieve uh, corporate business unit objectives.
1: So I have an example of that that we just did recently. And I, I talk about Marissa, and I know you've talked to Marissa, our producer from the office, and she, her first day at work at VIP was our first production meeting for the podcast. She had no idea that that was going to be part of her job duties. And she just said, okay, she took it on. And I mean, she runs this ship like you would not believe. I don't, I don't have to worry about anything because Marissa's there to take care of it. And so, but she not only does that, she does all our social media. She does all our, you know, marketing uh, assets and just so, so, so much. And so some of us in the office got together and decided that we wanted to recognize her for that. And so collectively we went to the partners and we like, you know, we want to do this. And they're like, absolutely. They gave us a very generous budget. We went and bought her a really nice gift and she was just shocked that we would do that. But that is our culture, right?
0: Absolutely.
1: So I love it. Yeah.
0: Recognition is so important and perform and using assertive communication, you know, not passive or aggressive, or passive aggressive, being assertive, but in a way that leads from a positive point of view. Even if if you have to provide constructive feedback, it's not saying something like, hey, you you do really well, but you did this, okay? That doesn't really work well. It's recognizing something good about somebody and saying that, how can we do something even better? In this case, if, if there is something, they can be better at doing something. So when you're able to deliver that and use performance-based, uh, you know, programs and recognition and, ince- and incentives as a way to help people guide them along. They're going to go, you know, a long way and be committed to what they're doing.
1: Absolutely, couldn't agree with you more. I love everything that you're sharing with our audience right now. Um, so, your podcast, Sustainable Success, focuses on how entrepreneurs and business leaders can have sustainable. Tough to say very quickly, sustainable success and at the next level. What do you mean by sustainable success and how does that methodology set you apart as an entrepreneur?
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. Well, I'm a firm believer that life and business are one. What goes on in your personal life affects your business. What goes on in your business affects your personal life. No matter if you want to try to separate or not, it nonetheless, it's going to affect it in either a good or, or negative way or a positive or negative way. The thing about sustainable success is it recognizes that anything that you strive to accomplish in your business, your personal life, your well-being, your wealth, your relationships, and all of the above is a process. When we commit to a process, the desired results that we survive are product of what we put into that. Now, during that process, there's going to be good things that are going on. There's going to be bad things that are going to go on. But we don't look at the bad things as a bad thing. We look at it as a good thing because it's necessary that we learn from those, those bad things so that when the other side, will re- be able to really appreciate the good and the bad of where we were, where we are now, and where we're going. So sustainability looks at that we when we look at there's no such thing as perfect balance but if we can you know avoid uh, you know going up the roller coaster where our emotions are tied to expectations and outcomes and when things are good we're, we're feeling good when things are bad we're feeling bad that we're always consistently somewhere in the middle during the good and the bad and sustainability is about trusting the process Doing it well with expectations and focusing on and focusing on the process that leads to the desired results that you see. When you eliminate expectation and out of the equation, you're not emotionally tied to the outcome. You are focused on the process because you know the results are tied to the process and what you put into it. And knowing that you can only control what you can control and letting go of the rest. That's how interdependent work environments thrive. That's how people that are interdependent thrive. And this is what empowers people around you, whether if it's in your business, uh, with with people you work with, people you work for, people that work for you, your spouse, your children, your people in the community, that you empower them by that example to do the same over time on their timetable.
1: You know, interesting, as I'm training new recruiters, You know, most of the time when I hire a recruiter, I I do not want anybody that's already had recruiting experience because I do not recruit the way other recruiters do. And I don't want to have to undo bad habits because and I want to teach them this new way of recruiting so that we're building those relationships. But it's very frustrating in the beginning because they're making all these calls and all these calls and all these calls and they're doing all these interviews and they're not – making any placements yet and so they're like i don't understand why it's not working i'm like trust the process you've got to trust the process do what i tell you just keep doing your activity and one of these days number one you're going to understand what you're doing (laughs) because you don't know what you're doing yet and number two you're going to have an aha moment you're going to make that placement you're going to find somebody that perfect job and you're going to go oh that's why i was doing that right absolutely so um Let's talk for a second about a portion of your book that sorry, my earbuds keep falling out. Um, Your book focuses on overcoming the inner critic. And I am so big on this. I've often said that and I've heard it said that if we put a megaphone up against our head and people could hear our inner thoughts, we'd probably all be committed, right? Right.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the whole idea about master your inner critic, resolve the root cause, create prosperity is to know that, that anytime that if we are not where we want to be, we have the capability of changing that over time in the process by going within. The secret to overcoming limited beliefs or scaling your business or you know, developing a, a, a healthy interdependent relationship with your spouse or with your children it all starts from with you, only you, from going within, and that there are certain habits and disciplines that will allow you to get to the root cause to the limited beliefs that hold you back and uh, that causes you to operate in the past and the future, that creates that anxiety that leads to procrastination or that fear that creates stress in the body and can lead to illnesses and, and so forth. So the, the, the there are certain habits and disciplines that will not only get you out of the problem freeing you from limited beliefs but also will allow you from a clear foundation to build and create the solution that you could find sustainability in your life and business going forward and again doesn't mean that your life and your business is always going to be perfect or, or doing well no but you're not going to have your the attitude or react when things were not going well that you you are able to see the blessings and the opportunities disguised to come out ahead. And more often when you're in a growth mindset, as a result of that, you're going to have more favorable moments, way more than you will have bad moments In with that type of mindset.
1: So can you give us an example of how, let's say I'm coming to you for the first time and you're my coach. What, what is a simple little thing that you would give me to start with?
0: So I would ask you like, well, you know, what is the emotion or emotions that you experience on, on a daily basis in your personal life and business? What are what are those emotions that for the most part is what you're experiencing? A lot of times people will end up saying it could be anger. It could be shame, guilt, jealousy, envy, or any combination thereof. Anger being the most common. And you know, some people will say they're happy, and joy, and of course you're gonna have positive and negative emotions. But for the most part, if it's a negative emotion that you're experiencing, those that emotion subconsciously is dictating many of the decisions that you make it dictates how you communicate with other people how you receive and perceive communication from others it's uh, the decisions that you make in your in your career it might uh, certain times when there's a a confusion or you're operating from uh, uh, limited beliefs from experiencing it through anger or shame or guilt it could lead into certain types of addictions like alcohol, drugs, sex, gambling, food, these are all things to just mask the situation. They are not really the true addictions in itself. Maybe there's some chemical thing to it, but it really, it's the addiction to the emotion, to the anger that triggers, and that's how most people will operate their lives and business. Even with the smile on their face, and, and the other person, where well, they maybe not even realize that that's the case. But there are many people, so you gotta get honest with the, what those feelings are, and go, you know, doing certain things that are going to get your mind present to figure out where that stems to. Where in your childhood does those emotions go back to? What are they tied to? Where's the root cause to them? Doesn't happen overnight, but there is a process to get there that I'd be happy to briefly cover here.
1: Uh, yeah, let's. Do, do you mind?
0: Sure. Yeah. So uh, the process is is to uh, to be aware that you're not where you want to be. Second is to accept where you are and make a commitment to uh, embrace the process to get to the root cause of your limited beliefs so that then you can create the solution to move forward for sustainability. Next, it it is to embrace certain habits and disciplines that will allow you to get to the root cause of limited beliefs. I'm going to give you two of several. The two key ones are meditation and journaling. When you learn to meditate and journal, not once in a while, but every day of your life, as you become more present and still, your subconscious mindset over time will begin to reveal certain things to the to the conscious mindset that are holding you back. It's during when you're journaling, after you meditate, where you don't overanalyze or overthink what you're writing, just writing for whatever comes to mind, that you'll be able to identify where these feelings, these negative emotions that you experience what they're tied to. It's often tied to a parent, a father, a mother, some type of an authoritative figure when you were growing up. My anger that I experienced that made all of my decisions that got me, that really got me into a place where I didn't want to be, all went back to my father. My father was not there for me when I was growing up. I was clueless, I was directionless, I didn't know. I always constantly needed constant validation from other people because I didn't have that confidence or self-esteem because I didn't have that father that was there to be for me. So I grew up codependent. And as a result of, you know, pointing the finger and blaming everyone else, it was, you know, finally when my father was dying of cancer that I had realized that I had to take responsibility for my life no matter what cards were dealt to me and that I learned during that process that my dad could not be the father I wanted him to be because he did. that's all he knew because he got the same thing from his dad. And had I not learned to recognize that, I would have repeated the same mistake with my son and repeated that cycle over and over again that happens in families that pass this on generation to generation to generation. We learn as children what we observe growing up. That's either gonna serve you or not serve you. And if it doesn't serve you, those are the things that could impact your confidence level, your, your esteem, and the decisions that you make in your career, business, relationships, and all of the above, how you take care of yourself.
1: Ugh, I wish I could just rewind that last, what you just said and play it now, again. No, there's a lot
0: of stuff. There's a lot oh, of stuff. but
1: That was good, though. That was good. And um, now you have um, a nonprofit that's kind of based around helping fathers be fathers. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, empowered fathers in action is a 501c3 organization. It basically takes the principles that I'm talking about here and instead of applying it in a way where I work with individuals to overcome limited beliefs so they can, you know, uh, scale their businesses or their careers, I apply this for families so I can teach parents how to get to the root cause of their own limited beliefs so they can be better examples for their children because again, children observe this will help children to grow up with a higher level of self-confidence and self-esteem so that they won't repeat these patterns when they become parents. If we're going to build stronger, thriving, prosperous businesses, thriving communities, it all starts with the family structure, one family at a time. And if we can shift families from codependent to interdependent family structures free from limited beliefs, where then we're on on pace to really make significant changes in how we relate and listen to understand, get along, come together in a collaborative way to do bigger and better things to make this world and business a better place. Now, it sounds like a fairy tale, what I just said, but you know what? It, it, it really isn't. It could, it could all happen if people just accept responsibility one person at a time to do it. That is... It really doesn't have to be complicated, but we, we as humans, we do make it complicated. But it, but it, it's still not an easy thing to accomplish. But it is, it is, it, it possible? Absolutely.
1: Well, Chris, there is just not enough time to cover everything that you know and share all your wisdom. I just. And I'm always amazed when I talk to you and then I don't talk to you for a couple of months and then we have a conversation. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why I like this guy, <laughs> you know. But I do have three VIP questions that I'd like to ask you to wrap up the show. Are you ready for them? Sure. Absolutely. All right. If you were one of the, if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you?
0: The three people, if I were going to
1: Mars? Or it could be things. Things.
0: I what I would do is I would take definitely my wife and my son, obviously, because they're the two people I love the most, and they're the two people that that live these principles day in day out. That you know, my son is becoming a leader even at a young age. You know, not only in school, uh, but any of the activities that he participates in, as well as sports. Um, you know, there are several people I would love to take. I mean, role models that I've had, Jack Canfield, those types of people that I, you know, that I really modeled a lot of, of what I do today based upon, you know, their principles. I'm not, you know, of course I'm not using their principles, but it it inspired me to find those principles within myself that I, that I do and, you know, be that example for and live every day.
1: Well, you get one more thing.
0: Okay. One more person.
1: You can have one more person or one more thing, unless you're planning to take Jack Canfield with you.
0: <laughs> well, what I would what I would love to do is again to, you know, take this methodology that I'm talking about and bring it with me to, you know, create a, a new level of, you know, people. I mean if they're gonna be new you know, a new species and do it do it in a way that we can truly live a prosperous life, that we can start with the with the right you know with the methodology that really comes from a place of empathy and kindness and that we can all come together and have a prosperous life and not have all these conflicts and separation like we do here.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. That that's really good. Okay. And I think I think I know the answer to this but we're going to have you repeat it. What is one thing you do to start your day that sets you up for success? First
0: thing I do in the morning is I make my bed. Then I meditate and I journal. I do it every day. I even do it in hotel. I did it today in a hotel in Boston. Uh, it doesn't matter where I'm at.
1: Do you make the bed in the hotel?
0: I make the bed in the hotel.
1: Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I still tip the maid.
1: <laughs> that's even better. <laughs> um, okay, well, and you know, Lisa Guerrero's big movement is tip your hotel mates, right? absolutely so she would love that you do that um yes my final question for you if you're well next to final if your life's work was being summarized in a news article what would your headline be
0: give without expectation receive without resistance
1: i love it i love it so i know people are going to want to reach out to you and learn more so how do they connect with you find you
0: Best place to reach me is uh, checking out my website at www.ChristopherSalem, one word s a l e m dot com. You can check out our uh, nonprofit efa movement dot org as well, or simply uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn, Christopher Salem. I'd love to connect with you and get to know you. I'm here. I'd like to find out more about you and what makes you tick and what you're looking to accomplish.
1: And make sure if you reach out to him on LinkedIn that you mentioned in the subject line that you met him through the We Are VIP podcast. So, well, Chris, I know that I've probably held you up a little bit longer than I was supposed to because you're about to run in and give another speech. Yeah, I got to go
0: and speak right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to say one more thing to you before you dash off. You are a VIP.
0: Thank you so much. And you are top. notch. you are a VIP of podcast hosts and i cannot wait to have you on the sustainable success show actually tomorrow
1: oh i forgot about that i forgot to mention it so i think we have a link that we were going to put up real quick just hold for me just one second chris um trey's gonna put that up all right there it is guys if you're watching we have the link for the show tomorrow so be sure and check us out and chris and i are going to chat some more tomorrow okay So, Chris.
0: or to come on the topic of hiring the right way. That's
1: it. That's it. Thank you so much for being here today. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.